This is Transistor.fm. Hey folks, Justin Jackson here. Before we get into the episode, a heads up. My audio in this episode is not very good. We were broadcasting live and the audio that got saved from that session did not save a high quality version. So I apologize for that. We're going to fix it for next time. Let's get into the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm and Spots.fm. We should keep mentioning that too, I guess. We should. We should. One day we'll build it. One day we'll build it. You and I just had a nice chat offline and... Uh, I think we should jump right into the topic. I'll set it up as some, with some background. Part of our customer value prop, <laughs> it feels weird even saying that, but people yeah, ask us for yeah. that all the time. You know, one of the things we said we wanted to do is Transistor helps brands build their audience through podcasting. Do you think that's still true? Like, is that, how do you feel about that right now? Uh- not really. I think that's where we want to go. I don't think we're necessarily doing that. I mean, we have the tools for you to publish it. I don't think we necessarily have the tools or are giving people the tools to increase their audience necessarily without without our help, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's a tough, that's tough. I mean, it's, that's, that's what you think too? Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's where we want to go. I think that is our focus and, you know, that's what we're kind of betting on. One reason I, I keep trying to define that is because I feel like we need to know who this is for and how it helps them. And this kind of goes actually back to that that post I, I was writing about, uh, I was talking about earlier. I, I just published this to my newsletter. It's called um, Why Many Products Struggle and Only a Few Succeed. We'll have it in the show notes. Um, JustinJackson.ca slash pent up, all one word. But the the whole idea of the post is came from reading this newsletter this podcast newsletter by Nick Qua I think his name is and he has this line that's just drilled into my head I have this feeling that everybody's drilling for oil in the same spot because some other guy found oil there and that question I mean that statement freaks me out right it's it's like really scary because I don't want us to be a brand that's just drilling for oil where everyone else did. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've seen that before in other, um, other segments of, I guess, the tech industry or SaaS or whatever you want to call it. Online music streaming uh, comes to mind. I mean, there's project management tools, certainly. There's still a million of those, although we just discovered one at, at Black Box and Cards that I didn't know was around and it's amazing. Are you going to switch? Uh, we did. Yeah. We, we were using Pivotal um, task management mostly, but um, it's called Clubhouse. Okay. Clubhouse.io. Friend recommended it. I, it seems new, but it's like it does so much and is so fully featured that I, it's hard to imagine that it hasn't been around for years, but it's just like, it's like if you put Pivotal and Trello together and then added on a bunch of other awesome stuff. <laughs> It's really good. That one stands out and it, it kind of, they were also drilling for oil in the same spot, but they, I mean, they're doing a really good job, but also I didn't know about them. So, you know, a friend recommended it and I probably would not have found out about it otherwise, but like they're doing it slightly differently and better. So the incentive to switch is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's obviously a bunch of different dynamics that, have to happen for a product to be successful. And uh, I mean, even for them, they're going to need to eventually capture enough of the market that they can... It's almost like you always have to own the market. You have to be the thing that people think about where in that particular niche, you know, that's what people think of. And so maybe Clubhouse will become what people think of once they've tried everything else. They're like, okay, you know, I tried Trello, tried Basecamp, didn't work. And now there's this one thing we know works, similar to what happened with 
Slack, I think. For, yeah. Like, were you guys using other things before Slack? Uh, we used, when I started at Cards, that was, what, three, four years ago? We, they were using, um, I want to say Bitbucket, but that's GitHub. That's a GitHub thing. The one that's owned by Atlassian, I think. HipChat? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I had used Slack with um, some other personal stuff. It was still really new. Um, but yeah, they were using HipChat and then switched to Slack and never looked back. And do you remember why they switched? I think HipChat just it wasn't doing anything new and like everybody was using Slack. <laughs> it's, see, this is why do people switch? What, what makes one thing I mean, better than I mean, the I other? Don't, I, I, don't, I don't really remember why, but uh, it, it was the new thing. I mean, it, it was... HipChat would have worked fine. I mean, it's a chat room. Yeah. With files, it did most everything the same, just not, didn't have all the integrations, didn't, there was motivation there somewhere. Well, and see, sometimes the new thing lasts and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Like sometimes like uh, Google Plus is the new social network, but everyone flocked to it, but it didn't stick, right? Right. And there's actually, I'm been meaning to watch, uh, watch read this book perennial seller by ryan holiday he spoke uh-huh. in chicago when i was there and i'm trying to find this one line but we're ba- it basically one of their points is that humans tend to use what other humans are using or humans tend to do what other people are doing so if it feels like everybody is using slack that's almost sometimes enough motivation to switching like you yeah don't, you don't want to be the loser that's not using slack right but it's not like people are using it and hating it they're recommending it and it's it's um personal recommendations go a long way for anything yeah word of mouth exactly this is actually uh, this is exactly kind of hitting on what i want to talk about today which is and it's a big point in ryan's book that ultimately the only thing that matters with anything is word of mouth yeah and how do you generate word of mouth? And I, you know, like, I think if we think about Slack, like if Slack, if everyone had switched and it sucked, I think people would have been like, okay, well, I'm not going to use that anymore. But it became one of these apps. And actually, I think one of the reasons it succeeded was it was just more fun than HipChat. But it became something folks would talk about in a coffee shop. Yeah. I mean, it was also free to sign up and start a room and then you can invite your friends for free. So it just spreads. It's like, uh, I guess cards against humanity is kind of an example, but that's, it's a physical product, but you get a group of people together in a room, eight people. And one of them has the game in the early days. If everyone enjoyed it, everyone in that room is going to go buy it. Yes. And then it'll just spread and they'll, they'll have a, one of those people will have a party with seven other people who don't have it. Most of them will go buy it. Yeah. That's word. I mean, it's, it's word of mouth and it's, I don't know how that translates into the podcast market. I guess the good thing about podcasters is that they talk a lot. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, and I think as we're exploring this question, so just going back a a step here, I opened this up by saying, you know, what we're going to talk about today is this value prop that we said we we're going to give our customers. Transistor helps brands grow their audience through podcasting. So one of the things we've kind of aligned ourselves around is helping our users increase the number of downloads they get every month. Mm-hmm. And so if I log into our account uh, for our show, we, you know, we're that's one of the things we're looking at is do we do we get new subscribers every month, right? And I'm looking a lot at. Uh, let me just click through here so I can remind myself. So right now we're at 1,200 subscribers. Transistor. One of the things it does for you is it est- it helps estimate how many podcast subscribers do you have. And you know I want to see is that number increasing. I want to see do are we getting more downloads, right? And so last month in July, we did more downloads than we did in June. And that's encouraging to us. And we know that that's the same kind of feeling our audience wants. They want want more listeners, right? Yeah. And so this means we have to figure out new and novel ways to promote other people's shows. And, you know, that could mean 
features like this new YouTube thing you just built. You want to talk a little bit about that? That Yeah. So I we had a... How did that even start? I think we had a customer who was like, hey, I just, I just posted... Um, I turned my audio file into a YouTube video and uploaded it to YouTube. And my, my listeners have been like really loving it and thanking me that I do that. Yeah. And I know I, I've seen this before and I, I knew it was Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe work, Joe Workman. And so I knew that Google had an API for YouTube. I had never really used it. I think I used it once to like read information from it, but never create the YouTube video. So, um, I didn't go that deep yesterday. I didn't, I actually created a Google account for transistor so that we can, uh, use OAuth to authorize people to hook their accounts up to transistor. Cool. But what I did do was use a, a command line tool for, for Mac and, and Linux called FFmpeg. Oh yeah. I remember that. Which is, which is like, has been around forever. It's open source. It just, it can convert so many different files into other audio or video files. It's, it's incredible. But the command line interface is a little bit clunky. But um, what you can do is take, you know, take your audio file for an episode. You can pair it up with either a video or an image that's like a you know, video resolution image, mm-hmm. 720p or whatever it is. Basically tell FFmpeg to run that image on a loop. So it just is a static image in the background and then merges that with your audio file and turns it into um, an MP4 video file yep. that can then be automatically uploaded to YouTube with their through their API. And so you can title it, the title of your episode, you can upload your show notes right to YouTube, probably tag it. Um, I'm assuming you just choose the account once you connect YouTube to Transistor, you can um, choose which account or channel you want to upload it to. And then it'll just do it in the background when your episode publishes. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think it'll be nice. I mean, YouTube is huge. People watch, listen to a lot of stuff on there. Well, and when I asked Joe, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you uploading, you know, all your podcast episodes to YouTube? He said, well, there, I, I have tons of people in my audience who already subscribe to my YouTube, ch- YouTube channel and watching a new YouTube video is just part of their routine right now, right? And so he's like, if I can automatically put a new video in my YouTube stream, then I can reach my audience where they're already at, which is, you know, uh, an advantage for him. Yeah, right. It's, it's less work for the audience. Mm-hmm. So we could focus on building more tools like this. Like we, right. could, we could automatically syndicate to SoundCloud. We could automatically, we already automatically syndicate to Spotify. We can auto, auto tweet Facebook. Maybe. Oh yeah. You can, you can auto- yeah. I mean, that's a feature I, I think we should definitely build is as soon yeah. as you publish an episode, Transistor will automatically create a tweet, Facebook uh, update, LinkedIn update. Uh, you're going to have to create a LinkedIn account for that, John. Oh, I closed mine down years ago. Um, so, I'm, yeah, there's, I mean, that would, those are cool features for sure. There's a lot of apps in the social media space that do that for you, but not really with a podcast focus. So I'm thinking of things like um, Sprout Social, which is in Chicago. There's all these platforms that sort of like let you manage your social accounts from one place, which is you know, I don't think we would build anything like that, but at least having you broadcast, publish once, broadcast everywhere type of thing. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, it's another opportunity for integration. For We could integrate with Buffer and Sprout yeah. Social and Meet Edgar and all these other apps. But I, I think there's still one big problem. There's an elephant in the room. And I think we're going to have to help folks deal with it first. And this is not, this is hard for me to say even, but before you get distribution for that thing you're making, whether it's a product or a podcast or a blog post, or it doesn't really matter what it is, before you try to amplify it and get it into a bigger audience's hands, you need to make sure that what you've created is good. 
Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Most podcasts are not that good. No, I mean, you know, the, oh, that old, what's that old saying? Content is king. So you have to, you have to still create compelling content that's well-spoken and or well-written or... I mean, yeah, that's, that's just the, that's the low watermark. Yeah. That sounds good. That, you know, is edited is. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you could have all of that. It could be great audio quality. It could be edited well. It could be, you know, but if it's not entertaining consistently. So, you know, some shows hit it big out of the gates and we've seen this because we can see, you know, all the stats on the back end of Transistor. We care about our customers' stats. We want them to be reaching a bigger audience. And one thing I've seen, a pattern I've seen, is some shows just hit it really big out of the gates, but the concept just doesn't have legs. It's, it's not enough to make people want to, you know, uh, listen all the time. I, right. I, I found this especially with daily shows. Again, folks, if you're listening at home... I'm going to say all sorts of things that are my opinion. They're not necessarily John's. <laughs> They're not necessarily transistors. And you're not going to like some of them. I, I'm just, I'm just saying what I think. But I think unless people are begging you for a daily show, I think a daily show is very difficult to maintain over a long period of time. Because from what I've seen, daily shows just accumulate in people's podcatchers. And it, yeah. And if, if it's the idea is it's a quick five minute or whatever, I, I don't think people are going to, I, eventually people get tired of them and they, they create such a backlog that they're like, okay, whatever, I'm just going to unsubscribe and I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's two, there's two different types of daily ones. I, I feel like there's the ones that are time sensitive and, and have to do with the previous day's events. And then there's the evergreen ones like, let's say, the Good News Podcast is sort of a good example. They're, they don't really deal with topics that are timely. It's just like interesting stuff and it's five minutes and you can catch up on the week's episodes in 25 minutes. Yeah. You know, on in the car or like at home on a Saturday morning, right? You can play the whole week. Yes. And so obviously like like the daily, if you look at the daily, I think that's New York Times, is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's super popular. I can't I can't listen I can't keep up with yeah. it. Yeah. I, I I subscribe and I listen once a week and then I'm like I have so many other shows to listen to and I don't have a commute to work. So I don't have that downtime to listen. Yeah. Yeah, they get it, it gets backed up. I was gonna huh? tweet the other day of uh, so I was like, I rarely have to drive anymore, but sometimes it's just nice to go for a drive to listen to some podcasts. Yeah. Or like go on a five hour plane flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I need to, I need to jump on a plane and go somewhere. It used to be for me, I need to get on a plane so I can get work done because there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. But that, that's slowly going away. Now you just want to get to podcast inbox zero or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't personally stress out about it too much, but I know that some people do. Yeah. But yeah, you're competing for people's attention in a really crowded space. There's what iTunes says, there's like 500,000 shows on iTunes, which I'm sure most of them are bad. I mean, first of all, like who is making all these and also where are they hosted? Because like, does, does Libsyn have 200,000 of those? Like, I don't. They've been around the longest, probably. They might. They probably do. They probably, they probably have do. most of those, yeah. By the way, folks, we're trying an experiment today that John did not agree to, which is we're we're broadcasting live right now on YouTube and Twitch. For some reason, Periscope didn't work. But uh, huh, huh. there's a few people. There's actually people showing up right now. Yeah, this this might void our uh, agreement. Yeah, this, this might void our partnership agreement. It, it, it might. <laughs> But one person, Brian, said, John, you need a commute. I don't need a commute. Anyway, if you're, if you're watching live right now, I would love to know what you think about what we're talking about so far, because this is a great opportunity for you to actually give us some live feedback. What shows you listen to? What makes you stop listening to a podcast? If you're not listening live, please tweet us uh, at John Buddha, at M.I. Justin, or at Transistor FM, 
and let us know, like, how does this resonate with you? Is this make you, um, you know, when you, when you're picking podcasts, when you're listening to podcasts, what makes you stop listening? And what shows do you get tired of? What makes you, you know, get tired of a show? And I think there's something about all that that is, uh, interesting to us yep. right now because we're trying to figure out how to, you know, help people who are making shows. And I think, I just think a lot of folks are making shows that people aren't listening to. And yeah, it, I think so. And it makes me sad. I think there's, I don't know, it could be different. And so the question I want to ask, and we're probably not going to be able to figure this out this episode is how can we help people make better podcasts? And Maybe to start with, let's just keep going on this thread, which is patterns we've noticed so far that don't seem to be working. So going back to Nick's quote, which is so great, I have this feeling that everybody is drilling for oil in the same spot Yeah, because some other guy found oil there already. So they listen to, well, the big one is every show sounds like This American Life now. Probably, probably they'll probably start sounding like The Daily soon. Or something like cereal, people will start doing more of those. Yes. There's something about this. With 550,000 shows to choose from, what's going to make this next show that someone starts work? Uh, Nick has two... He thinks makers have two options. Number one, build something that does the same thing for the same audience but does it better. You know, maybe the Washington Post, I think the Washington Post is doing this. They're starting a show to compete with the Daily. Okay. But Nick says, if you're going to do this, you better bring it. Like, you really better be way better than what else is already out there. Mm -hmm. Or option two, identify and pursue a pocket of pent-up demand that is yet to be unleashed. So instead of creating the same show that everyone else is creating or the same form using the same format everyone else is using or having the same uh sorry what's that guy's name from this American life hi this wow. is this is uh we're, I think I think we just failed as uh man it's on the tip of my tongue this American life what's that guy's name everyone wants to be him I can't think of it either uh, Ira Glass Ira Glass There we go Brian in on Twitch, had it before I could even Google for it. Ira Glass, everybody sounds like him now, right? Yeah. And instead of going out and finding a new pocket of oil, a new, uh, you know, digging deep for the gold, a new, a new, a new energy source. Yes, a new energy entirely. source. They're they're just trying to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. There's got to be tips we can give people that I think at least could help them, you know, create shows that are unique. And so one thing I mentioned is I think, uh, I think most people should not be doing daily shows. That's, that's one tip. Uh, I think daily shows are really difficult to do uh, from talking to people from actually like, I'll go into a coffee shop and I'll say, show me your podcast player. And when I, people show me their podcast player, there's a lot of daily shows that are just built up there. That's a tough one. I, I you almost want to make it so that your show your your episode that comes out is like an event for people. Yes. So I I've been listening to the Wilderness recently, which is um, a show from the Pod Save America guys, or one of them, and it deals with like the history and history and history, current and future of the Democratic Party in America. But it comes out every Monday, so they released like four episodes up front that he had done like eight months of work. Okay. On. Yep. So this is like intense, like he researched, he interviewed, and then every Monday there's a new one. And like, I look forward to that. Like, oh, it's Monday. I can listen to the next episode in this like story they're telling about Democratic Party. Yeah. You want the one thing in, in the old, um, in my improv days and even my public speaking days, I used to have this mentor that would say, the best thing you can do is leave them wanting more. Yeah. Like if you, if you like have them in the pocket and you know, in a, you're doing a talk or something and you've just got it in the pocket and you know that they're enjoying it, you know that they're just hungry for it and you leave it just like you want, you've got maybe 10% more to say 
and that's where you end it because yeah. you want them to check out the next talk. You want them. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's modern television. Yes, that's right. It's, it's. I think it's good. It's good storytelling. I don't know. Maybe it's manipulative in a way, <laughs> but it is good storytelling and and ways to good good ways to build an audience. Well, I mean. I, 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 now I got to defend whether or not this is manipulative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Not in a bad way, really. I mean, it's it's like you're getting people addicted to it. Yeah, I mean, that's an entirely different discussion. I think is. I, I think another thing is. I think I think not all podcasts should last forever. Like, there's been so many right. shows that I really enjoyed for a season, and. They should have just ended it and done something new with a new concept because I would have followed that host somewhere else. In fact, I think more shows with popular feeds should consider starting new shows in that feed. So, you know, let's say you build it up like us, for example. Uh, we've built us ourselves up to a, th- what it was at 1200, 1200 subscribers on Build Your SaaS. I, I don't know if I want to do this show forever. Right. I mean, at some point we have built the SaaS. And then, I mean, it's never going to be done, but it's, there's only so many things you can talk about. At some point, like, are people going to want to hear about, okay, what'd you do today? Well, I fixed a few bugs. I answered 500 support tickets. Right. Like, it, it's not entertaining. And we could have this feeling of like, well, this is just what we do. We just every, you know, all the time we, uh, we go and listen to, I mean, we go and tell people about what we did. Because that's what we do. We create the Build Your SaaS podcast. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about like the Built Your SaaS podcast. Like that's right. not interesting either. Uh, but we could take the same feed that we've developed because we have 1200 subscribers. They're waiting yeah. to be entertained. And, you know, maybe even right now, maybe we need to stop doing this show. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we could do a season two that's something else. Yeah. And, but, but my point is we don't even have to call it Build Your SaaS. Like we, right. we can take the same feed and say, create a new title, new show art, everything. And all of a sudden it's a new adventure. It's a new season, but a totally different show. And maybe, you know, instead of just you and I mm-hmm. talking every week, we, you know, we say, okay, this week we've got Jason Freed on the show. We're going to argue with him for 30 minutes. Yeah. Or we bring on uh, hosts of shows that we host, like podcast hosts. And we talk about, we still are talking about podcasting, but in a different, different topic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think that's something people c- should consider is that you don't have to do the same concept indefinitely because think, again, just think about your own experience. Like, okay, here's a good example. One of my favorite shows, uh, Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin have some of the best co-host chemistry I've ever heard. They have a show called Back to Work. I was a huge fan of the show when I was commuting. Like this was the show that that took me through the doldrums of driving into Edmonton. Their chemistry is unbelievable. They've got all these inside jokes. They're just really, they're great together. But the show is supposed to be about productivity. And it's almost like it's time for them to do something new. Try it. And I think, I think their show, I think their episodes are about an hour long. I'll, every once in a while, like every couple months, I'll be like, okay, what's, what's going on with Back to Work? But I don't listen every week like I used to because it's like, ugh, it just seems old and tired. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, same with like a TV show that's gone on too long. Yeah. But if they decided to do a like just even just with the same feed like if all of a sudden i saw a new show art pop up in my uh podcast player and it's like a new show from Mm -hmm. merlin man and Mm -hmm. benjamin and instead of it being like i'm looking at their website right now an hour and 11 minutes long an hour and 21 minutes long i just can't do those shows anymore yeah it's hard but if it's a 20 minute or a 30 minute show i might listen again yeah but on a different Different topic with the same chemistry. That's right. Different topic, same chemistry. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So uh, on that note, maybe a side note to the hour-long podcasts, um, maybe something that we can suggest to people is to have to talk slower, but for the same amount of time. So when people like me listen to it at two times speed, it sounds okay. 
Are you talking to me specifically right now? No, 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 not you. No. There's a lot of other hosts that talk pretty quick. and then uh, I like this new I, John. I always crank it up to almost up to 2x speed. John is getting sassy. <laughs> this yeah. is, uh, our, new, our new podcast is called John is Getting Sassy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah I, I think trying new things and actually getting real feedback from real listeners and not being afraid of them telling you what they think. You know, I, I ask folks all the time what they think about this show. And, you know, one thing that has sometimes been difficult is, Justin, you can talk forever. And if you don't give John space to speak, it just doesn't happen. And so that was good critical feedback. Um, and we're, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I think what I think another one of those was like, give John space to talk about technology topics and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it was something like that. Yeah, no, no. There's a lot of technical people that listen to the show. It's obviously easier for me to talk about that than it is marketing or... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we we like we want that feedback. And, for example, we could change our show so that it's like 15 minutes of tech talk and 15 minutes of business talk. And that's just the format every week, right? We yeah. could change our show so that one episode we just talk about a tech topic and it the the show description says, you know, tech talk Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> and that's you know, that's like John's episode to dive in deep. And maybe I'm not even on that show. Maybe you're just talking to somebody about scaling rails. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have someone else on talking about technology. Yeah. So I, I think people can't be scared to mess with the format and try new things and you know you get immediate feedback i had one person at uh, a conference say um i have this podcast called mega maker and he's like man i love your show but the intro music goes on too long so the intro music goes bam out bam out bam out and i go in this episode i talk about something bam out bam out bam out welcome to mega maker and then there's this big long heavy metal guitar riff and he's like just get rid of that heavy metal guitar riff i'm like okay i'll try it out tried it out and i got like a torrent of tweets of people going what the hell man why'd you take (laughs) (laughs) and like some this i love this image some people say like they're they're listening on their earphones and they've got their hand like they do the air guitar and they've got their hand ready for the next big riff and then it didn't come. <laughs> and they were like so disappointed. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, it's okay to try things and then get the feedback and, you know, eventually you got to make a decision. As far as what to talk about, how to do it. I mean, there's this American life. There's a reason it's popular is because it's well done. And there's a reason it's copied is because that format works. Yes. Um, but I think within that space, there's room to make it your own. Yeah, yeah, you you how are you going to compete with this American life? It's a well-produced show with good music and and quality uh recording equipment and it's, you know, it it's a lot of work. It's someone's many people's full-time job to make that show, so it's I think you can get close on your own, but Yeah, and and Brian here in the chat is saying, you know, well, he say he says it's not the format that works. It's that Ira Grass, Ira Grass, <laughs> Ira Glass is a trained pro. Yeah, and I, so some upstart who's starting their own show on Transistor, and they don't have, you know, they just don't have that broadcast training. Why would you go and compete head to head with Ira Glass? Why would you try to dig in his oil well? Why not try to drill where you've got the advantage, right? Yeah. And so, you know, one good example might be um, Remote Ruby, uh, which is a show on Transistor, remoteruby.transistor.fm. You know, Chris Oliver and T- Jason Charns, they know Ruby. And so they don't sound as good as Ira Glass, but people are interested in their show because they're interested in rails, right? They have a built-in advantage there. Right. Just like it's, yeah, like it's much easier. It would be much easier for me to host a show on my own or lead a show, I think, if it was about rails or about programming. 
than it is for me to lead a show about building a product or marketing a product. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying, are are you trying to break up with me? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually some other good comments in here in the, in the chat here. Uh, Dio Glanes, Dio Glanes says, for me, podcasts are learning and getting new ideas. Best episodes are the ones that have some sort of well-defined topic. And the length for him is also important. So 25 to 30 minutes is ideal. Hour-long podcasts are just too long. Yeah. I, I think a lot of folks don't also realize that people are making their decision when they're looking at their phone, right? Like they're looking at, they're going through all the podcasts they could listen to and they're like, oh, that one's an hour and 30 minutes. Well, I'll leave that one, right? Oh, yep. this one's 15. Okay, I can, I've got 15 minutes. That's how people make their decision. And so the length is important. One idea I have for folks is if you are doing a longer show, if you have an hour long interview show, do the hour long interview show. But then make a shortcuts episode or a, a hot takes episode, uh, sorry, podcast. So take the best, you know, 10 minutes from that show, like where you really got into it and just make that a standalone episode on a different show. So if people want to listen to the whole interview, they can, but if they just want like the real, like meaty bits, like here's what Britney Spears has to say about, podcast hosting, you know, that, that becomes the 10 minute episode. I think this is the second time I brought Britney Spears. On. Yeah. That seems like an out of date. I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that's an idea. You could have, uh, an hour long version, a 30 minute version and a five to 10 minute version. Right. And that's mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. from the same amount of content. You're just editing it differently. And yeah. it becomes a different show each time you mess with the format. By the way, on po- on Transistor, you can do this really easily because you get unlimited shows. You can create unlimited shows on one account. Uh, if you look at like my account, I've got there's tons of shows in here. Um, <laughs> and so, if you wanted to try a new format, that's something you know we allow you to do really easily. I think one thing people do need to think about is if they're if they're if they've really been pushing a show and they're not getting the downloads they want, it might be time to try something different. That's true. Yeah, it's it's good to know when to close it up, move on. And in some ways we were lucky with this show, like just out of the out of the gates we had people that were interested and we were only getting, you know, 20 downloads per episode, I think you and I'd be like, okay, we got to try something else. Yeah. Something now, see, now we've been recording for a while, but something else I wanted to talk about was, you know, again, how do, how can we help people make better podcasts? You know, there's this new tool out called Alitu, 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 um, which is, uh, it's an editor that allows you to like make podcasts really easily. And I tried it out and it's interesting. It's basically like editing in the browser. Let me see if I can log into my account here and just so you can like define like you upload your theme music once, for example, and then every time you upload a new episode. So I could just like take this episode we just recorded and be like, okay, I'm just going to pull it into Alidu or upload it. And it automatically puts our intro music at the beginning and at the end. And you can just publish it like that if you wanted to. But then they also have if you want to edit out pieces, you can do that on the web. And I think this idea is interesting, but I can, I also have ideas on how we could do something like this better. Right. <laughs> and to me, this is kind of the missing piece. This is a pocket of pent up demand because people need help creating better episodes. I was thinking about an idea that's a mix between these two things. So yes, give people help with the editing, but allow them to actually record their show in the browser as well. So for example, imagine you go, you log into a web app, you click record new show. You can hear the theme music playing in your, in your earbuds. And on the screen, it starts giving you the text for your intro. So ours is, you know, you say, hello, welcome to build your SaaS. Well, that appears on the screen. So you can start say reading it. 
at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. And then basically it gives you a script for the whole show. So this week I'm talking about this and it, it keeps giving you, uh, uh, what do you call that? Like a teleprompter for right. here's, you know, this and this also making it easy. Like I think one great show format is having people leave voice messages and then asking you a question and then answering that question in the show, being able to quickly like grab, here's a question from a listener. And then in the web interface, it just goes like right in there. And then they can say, okay, up next. And the transcription is just going with this. Like up next, I've got a question from, uh, you know, Eric in Alabama. And then it automatically plays Eric's clip. And then you go, oh, well, that's a great question. Here's my answer to it. You know, so more like kind of like podcast recording and production on the rails. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting Could be. Yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, <laughs> we're limited in what we can build, but I, that this is, I'm just saying, those are the kinds of things we could do. Like part of the problem, it, there's so many things to think about when it comes to creating a show. Even for you and I right now, it'd be nice if on screen it said, uh, you're at you know, 45 minutes, time to wrap it up, right? Yeah. People are going to start getting bored. So if if you're at this point and you're bored, sorry. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, I mean, the tools are part of it. I think that's not everything. You can have great tools and still produce a really boring podcast. But I think that goes, it kind of segues into the next thing, which is education that we can maybe provide for people, which is how to craft a good show like how do you like how do you set up a good narrative how do you interview people well um because obviously there's you know if you're a writer like anyone can write but there are ways to write well there's ways to write fiction well there's ways to write nonfiction well and that stuff just takes like tons of practice and education and mhm totally that for radio or podcasting yeah. So the t- the tools, you know, what what you were talking about could sort of push people in that direction. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, this is uh, uh, kind of a, a common thing we keep going back to. Like Derek Siver says, you know, don't try to build a big impressive app. Just try to do it manually first. Yeah. And so one thing we could do is, you know, like we're broadcasting this live right now. We could do live broadcasts where we just help people produce and record better shows and we could have guests that really know what they're talking about we could you know there's all sorts of ways we could educate people on making better shows and so yeah i think that's that's one option is is just trying to teach people how they can make better shows and then the other idea was some sort of done-for-you services, uh, which we've thrown around before. Um, our friend Adam is doing this with Podcast Royale, and he kind of takes that exact approach. He's not just an editing service. He actually like helps you create the concept for a show. He, you know, he really helps you craft the whole concept. Yeah. And I mean, we could get into that business. We could, you know, we could do a partnership with someone like Adam. We could, you know, there's ideas around that. I also had this idea early on. Part of the problem is, you know, people just not knowing how to craft a good show. We could do like podcast hosts as a service, as in like someone that is good on mic that calls you every week and says, all right, um, you know, whoever you are, like, let's talk about your business this week. And what do you think about this? And then being kind of the interviewer for the person who wants a show, but you know, they just want someone to call them up and say, okay, it's time to record. And here's what we're talking about. Sounds like a lot of work, but I, those are some things I think we should be considering. Anyway, let's leave that for now, folks. If you've got ideas, feel free to reach out to us. Um, all the places I said before, uh, also, if you're on Breaker or CastBox or any of those apps that allow you to comment, just leave us a comment and I'll try to go in and, and answer your questions right in those apps. Um, 
we already talked about the YouTube integration. Anything else we should talk about uh, in terms yeah. of Transistor? I mean, on the topic of integrations, there's a number of integrations um, that I've been thinking about and maybe like just starting to poke around with. Okay, yeah. Some of it comes from from uh, customer customer requests. So the cool thing is, is that you have all these services that all have APIs and they all have um, OAuth support. So you can sort of um, link up, you know, let's say Google or Dropbox to Transistor. Transistor then gets some sort of privilege to that account that, you know, you can read or write to it. It's all a fairly common interface. Like each service obviously, obviously has their own API, but you, know, you can do things like publish to YouTube. You could do something like hook up your Dropbox account in a particular folder to Transistor so that anytime you drop a file into Dropbox, it automatically adds it to Transistor as an episode, an unpublished episode. There's Auphonic. Off, off, I don't know how to say that. It's, a, it's another podcast service that will, I think it allows you to edit your show, but also you can easily run it through like a um, sound compressor, I want to say, or like a, basically it makes your, voice sound better. Yeah, it, so, it levels all the audio for you and it actually yeah. does a really good job. Yeah, it levels audio. So you can you can build an integration that allows you to hook up your account to Transistor so that anytime you upload a episode, I think to Transistor or maybe Alphonic, it would it would auto level it and basically send it back. What else? Yeah, those those are like the three big ones I've been looking at right now. So it's it's all around the publishing like workflow sort of. And and like not having, not requiring us to build those things from scratch. Yes, yeah, and I actually really like this idea. It's actually one of the reasons I wanted us to build spots outside of Transistor, as I've seen so many apps get really big and hairy because they keep trying to add functionality inside those walls. And I think whenever we can, if we can integrate with someone else who's already doing this well, for example, that Alitu, Alitu, um, I've talked to that, that guy. Uh, I think his name's Colin. He says as soon as John has an API, an upload API, um, yeah, I think I scheduled a call with him or someone else just to go over how we could work together. Yeah. So I, I mean, whenever we have that opportunity, that's going to be awesome. That's definitely what we should do. Especially because we're only two people, you know, really the the majority of the building is on your shoulders. Yeah, so I think that's super interesting. Anything else we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about this ProfitWell thing? Well, we talked about the Stripe dashboard last week, but they don't really send us updates on that. Um, but ProfitWell will send us an email daily almost when it changes. So like we got an email yesterday that said, you're 578% ahead of your goal. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, which makes it sound like, we're just raking in the money and we can retire and buy a yacht tomorrow. But obviously that's not, that's not the case. But anyway, it's a, it's a big number. That means a lot of people signed up. That's right. Yeah. Do we want to, I think our, is our number still live on Indie Hackers? Is. Yeah, I don't, it is. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm wondering if we can just share that number, what we're at right now. It's still pretty low. I think it's fine to. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how often that updates. Anyway. So we're, we're at $1,263 in MRR according to ProfitWell. Up 62% versus July. Is that right? Could be. Although, I don't know if that... Does that take into account people who just signed up for a trial and haven't canceled yet? Yes. It takes into effect... like So that growth number that it's giving us right now, it's saying um, we're up... Now, see, this thing changes all the time. So right now, we're up... 1,058% over July and um, 844% versus our goal. I don't know. what. Our, how does it know what our goal is? I don't know. Did we put that in somewhere? I don't know. Maybe I put like... Maybe it just calculates like what we wanted for growth. Oh, I think I put in 10%. And so... Yeah, so it's like... it. It's just saying every time we beat 10%, I think that then, you know, it, it, it gives us a good goal. So yeah, we launched and so we got a ton more signups and, um, yeah, now, now we're, and so, and actually that's a pretty big deal. We didn't even celebrate this. If we broke, uh, a thousand dollars in MRR. Oh, yeah. 
Cheers, man. Did we do that for real? We should cheers. We should celebrate that. Yeah. The the only thing that kind of worries me is that the stripe the stripe numbers are different. So let me just go into stripe here quick cuz uh, if anyone's listening, Patrick Campbell from Profitwell, if you're listening, <laughs> or Patrick McKenzie from Stripe, if you're listening, uh yeah, why is Stripe's numbers different? Uh, so again, actually, I've told a lot of people about this since you mentioned it, John. Uh, this is actually one clip that got shared quite a bit from our last show. Uh, is you saying, "Hey, folks, check out the new the new MRR analytics within um, within Stripe." Um, but yeah, the in Stripe it says we're at one thousand fifty nine dollars in MRR. Huh. So. I'm not sure why those numbers are different. Could be, yeah, I don't know, cancellations that haven't moved over to Indie Hack, Indie. Not Indie Hackers, Profit Well. Profit Well, yeah. Yeah, I haven't even looked at what Indie Hacker says yet. I couldn't, I couldn't find it fast enough because uh, there's like, what is it? Pro- IndieHackers.com slash products slash transistor. We had an episode on, you know, being super, uh, transparent about our revenue and that was what we chose yeah but if stripe says we're over a thousand then we must be yeah so cheers man cheers uh, I'll, I'll use this empty coffee cup that brian has noted <sighs> brian notices me i keep drinking out of this and he's like dude this has been empty for like an hour <laughs> Bing. uh oh eric says indie hackers has us at 1.6k so Oh. I think we just huh. I think we just believe whatever numbers we want to believe. So we're over a thousand, I think. We're over a thousand. I think we could cheers to that. But yeah, who knows what we're we're actually at. But yeah, that's exciting. That's that's a big that'll, milestone. That'll cover some bills. Yes. Cover some costs for the company. Oh, you know what we should talk about next week? Little teaser here, folks. Is let's talk about all of the feedback we got about the bootstrappers paradox. Okay. Because there's tons of people like Natalie from Wildbit, uh, Des Trainer from Intercom. They all commented about that episode mm-hmm. and they have things to tell us. So okay. that might be a good episode for next week about Let's do it. SaaS growth and like how, how fast you should be growing and all that. Cool. This was fun, man. Yeah, it was good. Um, I kind of liked having the, the live comments. It's fun. Thanks to everybody here in Twitch, like on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, thanks for commenting. Thanks for watching. Uh, listen to our podcast. <laughs> Build your sass in your, in your, uh, podcatcher. And yeah, for, for folks listening to the audio version, we'll see you next Tuesday. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm Justin and get 15% off your first year.